LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Welcome to The One Thing, a podcast designed to give you one practical ministry resource tip something each week. Derek, it's great to have yep. you on The One Thing today. That was a brilliant introduction, Scott. Brilliant. Now, we're here with a special edition. We wanted to uh, get something out to our listeners in the midst of uh, this week. There's been lots of different changes, and so we thought it'd be helpful just to give you a quick sort of rundown of some things that we've been thinking through and to sort of highlight some resources on our uh, website page. So we're calling this episode, I guess, COVID-19 special. Uh, Derek and I are in lockdown, so we're in our homes and we're doing this online. So apologies if, if the uh, sound quality is not great and apologies if you're viewing this for the first time as well. Uh, I do what I can and Derek has got lots of struggles. So, yep. <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Uh, so, Derek, uh, what what I want to talk about talk about with you today is just get some of your theological reflections on this on this last week. Uh, some helpful things to be thinking through as we seek to pastor and minister to our families, but also to our church families as well. Uh, again, we want to highlight the resources, and we want to talk about uh, just some challenges and opportunities that we we see, uh, and then finally, just talk briefly about online meetings as well. So, it'll be a bit of a mixed grab bag. Uh, so hold on. Absolutely. And we're going to follow this up with a, a number of interviews from a number of different planters and church leaders as well uh, in how they're navigating this crisis. We realise most people, when we try and release this, um, the coming Sunday will be the first Sunday they've had to shut down and move online for many of them. And they're thinking through all the logistics around how they navigate the next, what could possibly be six months of this new world. Um, and there's going to be challenge in the very short term they're facing medium term and longer term. And so we're going to get a number of different people speaking into that. But we'll start with this one. So theological reflections, uh, Derek? Yeah, look, this is, this is hard. And I suspect uh, there's, there'll be huge amounts written on this in, uh, in the coming weeks and months. And there probably has been a fair bit flying around already. I suppose for, for our audience, for the people we're, we're thinking, uh, pushing through, we're speaking to the people who are the theologians in chief. These are the guys who are um, speaking to other people in the midst of an uncertain world about how the gospel inter interacts and intersects with that. And so we need to, well, we might be feeling anxious about what's happening as well. And while we're grappling with the pragmatics of how to pivot and evolve church into this new era, um, we need to keep in very sharp focus that our primary role is both prayer and the preaching of the word, the application of the gospel, helping lift people's eyes in their anxiety to things that are eternal um, and how the gospel and our, the goodness of God speaks into this. So, Now, that's, um, that's really hard to do in some ways, Derek, because the immediate, you know, we've seen the pictures online. The immediate is what is grabbing people. You know, I, I tried to get out of my uh, my garage you know my garage my back gate today and i back onto the back of a fruit market there were trucks there were cars line you know four deep lining up trying to get in and get you know food for the weekend uh everyone is thinking what do i need to do now for me um but i think again as christians the gospel the gospel and christ's example and our heavenly father and who he is his character is is all others other person-centered 
you know, so in the midst of this as well, how, how do we encourage uh, our Christian people to be other person centered when everything in our body is saying, you know, look, look after me, you know, look after me. And so that, that I think is where our, our theology cuts across and exposes, I think, what's been happening in society for years. Um, like there has been a breakdown in fra- the fabric of society. People have become more individualistic, more isolated and pulling away. And in the midst of this, people are becoming more cynical about church. What's happened in that period is the comfort of the Western world that we live in. Uh, this is certainly true in Australia for people who are living in America. My suspicion is very similar for them as well. Um, comforts cover over the cracks of a broken world. The, the pleasure that we, we kind of push into those cracks so that we don't have to examine what's actually happening, um, that's at the moment being broken open. And so we Christians have always said we know the truths of the gospel that um, this is an uncertain world, that this world is broken, uh, that we might pretend that we have hope in this world, but that hope is eventually broken because we are finite beings and we are not God. But the gospel speaks into that and says, actually, no, there is hope beyond this world, not family in ourselves, but in Christ. Uh, there is comfort in this world, not in and of ourselves or the pleasures we might find or even the good things that God has given us in creation, but in the Lord Jesus that will be restored. As we enjoy this world, we don't look to it for salvation. Um, This is a moment where people are searching for deep connection and they're being isolated. There's worry and anxiety and the things this world offers, particularly in a Western world where it's so uh, comfortable, we are now seeing they will not provide the answers that people have thought they provide. So, as this this moment is just bizarrely unique. Like I know you you keep ref- telling everyone how ancient I am, Scott, and I am very very old. This has never happened in my lifetime. There are um, amazing enough people who are older than me. It's never happened in their lifetime either. Um, but I so, think there is, there is a there is a um, I mean that's the con- the continuity of the church. You know we have the we have the invisible church and we have the uh, the visible church. It is great, you know, the, the Gospel Coalition article the other day that, you know, showed how the Christian response through all these plagues, uh, I think it was really helpful to say this is how the church responds. We, we were with a bunch of country pastors on, you know, during the week. Uh, so we had a, a leadership intensive with Reach Australia and, uh, and we, finished, we finished the sort of four days in um, 1 Peter 5. I just want to read a bit of it to you because I think it's really helpful for us as we think about how we lead. Um, uh, Peter says this, uh, I exhort the elders among you as as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. There's this, there's this great interplay uh, between suffering and glory all the way, you know, in Peter's sort of discussion, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you not out of greed for money, but eagerly not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the unfading crown of glory. In the same way, you are younger, be subject to the elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. It, it was just really helpful to sort of, you know, there's, there's a, a calmness there. Our response ought to be humility, putting ourselves, um, you know, putting ourselves second. You know, we've got the chief, the chief shepherd in Jesus who, you know, Philippians 2 models, models that other, um, that other person-centeredness. Now, I, I suspect that's going to be hard in the coming weeks, you know, looking, looking back to the examples from the past, ministers putting themselves in danger um, and, and, and as a consequence, 
um, you know, not, not surviving. Um, I, I have a sense that, you know, we, we, we're going to be leading, leading, leading that way. You're really careful, don't we, in saying we're not going to um, do exercise social distancing. But one of the unique things that the church is doing here uh, in, in this moment as well is, is where everyone else is fragmenting off. The church, has a, the church is pushing back into relationships deeply. And so um, there is a sense in which we, we are providing something which society has pretended to have um, in all its different forms, but now is being broken down. That's where the gospel actually is saying, yeah, sure, we might be practising social distancing, we might be having these meetings online or whatever. But actually, in terms of being in people's lives and connecting people deeply and meaningfully, the church has an a, amazing opportunity, unlike it's had in you know, any number of years. We've seen it throughout history in you know, some of the examples you've mentioned, and we have a unique opportunity as the theologians-in-chief that we can lift people's eyes to say, this is really hard. You're going to be feeling anxious. Everyone else is going to be feeling anxious. The people who don't know God people who aren't in Christ, they have no hope apart from what's in this world and that is breaking down. So we have not being opportunistic, but taking the opportunity that the current situation presents as mm. the church has in the past to say to people in that you don't need to be anxious, you need to trust in God. Mm. And I think, wow, we need to keep lifting people's eyes to say our, our family and our friends and our community who are searching uh, they need the gospel in some ways more than now than ever. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it is that, as you say, it is uh, interesting times, uh, unseen in our in our in our world, and uh, an opportunity for great challenge and, and uh, you know, a challenge, but also a great opportunity. Can, can you just tell us a bit about some of the resources that uh, the team have put together and how to access those? Yeah. Yep. Uh, so if you go to GenevaPush.com slash COVID-19 or reachaustralia.com.au slash COVID-19. Um, they'll pretty much mirror each other, although there'd be some distinctives on there, some planting and some established churches. But we're pulling together um, resources really in two stages at the moment. But again, everyone's evolving. So leave room for us to change as well. The first stage is just helping people think through the transition across to how church was run last week and how church is going to run in the next few weeks. So just that immediate transition. Um, part of those are just some practical resources. But part of it as well is thinking we do need still need to think theologically about what we, we do here. We do need to think deliberately about what decisions we make. Um, and as much as we can, um, heading off decisions which would lead in helpful ways earlier. So that's the first stage. The second stage is thinking, okay, when we start to settle into life in this new phase, next six months, um, how do we keep pushing towards the mission that we all started for the, the reason the church exists so to mature uh, God's people and to reach the lost. Um, what does it look like to keep integrating people and keep reaching people with the gospel mm. in this new way? So that, that'll be the second stage of resolving that, as well as a number of other things as they come up. Great, great. Well, I, I kind of just wanted to finish, uh, just finish, finish this just, uh, we, we had a team meeting yesterday, which was, which was really encouraging. Uh, we, we had, you know, sort of 10 or 12 people from around the country together. Uh, you know, we had a bit of fun, you know, people were mucking around with their screen backgrounds, but, but uh, Gus, our, our operations manager, just had some helpful things just, just in, the, in the context of, of meeting together and being online. Now, Gus, Gus, is, uh, Gus has got a two-bedroom unit in, in, um, in Sydney, and he's in, currently in his laundry, basically. He's, you know, on, on Thursday, he set up his, his meeting space in his, in his laundry. Uh, so he's got quite a tight, uh, quite a tight area. 
and uh, and and he just had some helpful thoughts and ideas on on making use of online meetings. So I think I think it'd be worthwhile sharing. So, uh, what were a couple of those things, Derek, that he mentioned? Uh, well, I'll I'll throw a couple at, and then I know you've got some thoughts because you've been thinking of this as well. Um, uh, one of the things is as you're meeting online, it's really important that people see you um, because there's that loss of intimacy, um, and you know you could be doing anything. So that that connection, um, so that people know I'm here in this meeting view, not kind of reading a news article. I'm doing it. Just the 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 genuine video connection is really important. Phone's great if that's what you can do, but where possible, connect with people. And, and that's and that's particularly important when we are you know exhibiting social distancing and people are working by themselves uh, in their homes for the first time. Now, Derek, you're used to doing that. You know, you've been set up in your home office for a long time. I am, been, I, I, I am not looking, I'm not looking forward to uh, working by myself. One of the things I love about the office is the ability to go and, you know, interrupt someone and talk about what I'm thinking, uh, you know, break into what someone else is doing when I'm, when I need, you know, a brain break. We're not going to be able to do that. And so actually this sort of face contact time is going to be really important. And so that, that's good. That's an insight into both our personalities. Well, I've been in, in self-imposed uh, isolation for the last 20 years and I'm okay with that is where Scott will go batty. And so part of that is working out the personalities and thing. Um, of, of, so if you're more of an, an introvert like me and happy just to kind of sit and do stuff, get done, the, the phone ringing or people calling you or all those kind of things are interruptions to your day um, that you're going you're gonna to pull back on. And in isolation, you can do that. Um, but actually, I need to lean into that more uh, in order to engage with the world to keep building relationships. Um, so, Scott, you're, you're going to have to navigate how, how is it that you get that contact <laughs> that actually spurs your creativity, that helps you feel connected, um, that actually releases anxiety. Um, none of those are bad things, but just different personalities are going to have to lean and push in different ways. In I, think, I think as well, you're going to need to have patience. Uh, so sometimes some members of the team, they're not that great with technology. So I think we need to have patience with uh, staff members who aren't that great and actually spend the time to work, you know, work with them to get connected. And that, that's going to be frustrating for those of us who aren't uh, technically challenged and just think, man, how easy is it to set up an account and get started? Uh, but for those who this is kind of not their happy space, um, I think exercising patience is really important because uh, it, it is going to be important to be, um, to be meeting um, online as well. And I think the last thing is to recognise that in the online environment, it is an online environment. So, so there are some fun things, you know, that you can, um, you know, that you can do, that you can't do potentially in the online environment. Like Derek, so I'm not that great with uh, technology, but Derek can put himself in San Francisco, in Los Angeles. Is that correct? You can do, you can do all that. Yeah, I tried to explain to you yesterday that I'm not actually in those places. It's just the background. <laughs> so it's just the background. So I'm, I'm even, I can't even do that now. I'm, I'm trying to do that now. I can't even do that now. Just to even demonstrate uh, that. But anyway. Yeah, you can do those fun things, but I think as well, you know, ask people what, what have they been doing with their days? You know, oh, there you go, you're in San Fran in the in the Golden Gate. Beautiful, look at that. <laughs> um, so for those who are listening to this, uh, Derek just put a uh, behind his screen up a uh, picture of the Golden Gate Bridge. So yes, um, so I just think recognise that that's that's really important to um, understand that it is a different environment and uh, and recognise that. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Well, as always, uh, we just want to mention that we are a part of the uh, leadership podcast network got a whole bunch of podcasts from around um yeah around the place uh can i just point you to one of those i was, I was listening to 5lq just the other day uh some great you know great discussions uh with with barnabas piper i was listening to uh, a recorded conversation that the guys did with him just recently he's moved from lifeway back into 
church life and, and his and his sort of running small groups ministry. So he just had some helpful reflections on on that change, but also on what he's been learning just as a pastor. Um, you know, how how can he use the resources that are out there? So uh, check out the Five um, LQ podcast with Todd Atkins and a whole range of uh, different guests. And if you like uh, the one thing, uh, obviously uh, share it, uh, pass it on. We want this to be a resource that's used for churches here in Australia, but also uh, around the world. Uh, So yeah, looking forward to uh, catching up with you soon. I'm Scott Sanders. I'm Derek Hanna. Chat soon.